Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. And don't forget, if you enjoy taking notes, you can download the fillable PDF file on our website at goharvest.org forward slash notes. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. How y'all doing? Y'all doing good? God is good. A little misty in the air today. A little cold California weather here. We like that, though. Hallelujah. I love living in California because if you want to know what's going on in the rest of the country, you can just watch it on TV. Blizzards, ice storms, you can just watch it on TV. Amen? So we're blessed to live here in California. Um, Today, at this juncture in our uh, year, we're in November right now, I just really felt impressed of the Holy Spirit this morning to spend some time in prayer with you today. I wanna, I'm going to share on prayer for a while, my own prayer journey, and, and you know it pretty well already, but I want to just, again, teach a little bit on prayer, but then I want to pray, and I want to I just spend some time in prayer here, and I, I just think this is the time of the year when we have so much to be thankful for. Can I get a witness? We have so much to be thankful for. Uh, we're... we're uh, We've got lots of things going on in our country, lots of things going on with all, if I started naming them all, you'd just go, yep, 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 but more than ever, we need to pray. And so I wanna just uh, spend some time with you this morning in prayer. And the title of my message this morning is this, is The Secret to More Powerful Prayer. The Secret to More Powerful Prayer. So we'll talk about this, and then at the end of the service this morning, I'm going to ask you to uh, encourage you this morning to participate and then engage in prayer. Say it with me this morning, engage in prayer. And why? Because you and I need prayer, you need prayer, I need prayer, we all need prayer, and prayer makes a difference. I want you to say it with me this morning, prayer changes things. And I used to say that prayer changes everything because it really does. In fact, the Bible says this, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. A prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So prayer changes everything, but most importantly, prayer changes you. If you'll spend time in prayer, it changes you. So right uh, at the beginning of this message, right on the onset right now, I want to just ask you to pray with me today. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we love you so much and we bless your holy name. God, I thank you right now that we can come boldly to the throne of grace and we can find mercy and grace and help in the time of need. Lord, I thank you right now that we were created for prayer, Lord, that we can have conversation and communication and fellowship with you. So, Lord, I just pray right now that you'd help us, Lord God, as we look into your word, be reminded again of what you've taught us, and then, Lord, just to engage in prayer so that things can change. We just prayed in the mighty name of Jesus and all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want to talk about Jesus for a second because Jesus certainly modeled prayer in our lives. And so here's what Jesus said about prayer. He said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Say it with me this morning. My house shall be called a house of prayers. Amen. I love that shouting baby back there. Amen. Prayer. And, and, uh, So, but Jesus said, but you've made it into something other than that. You've made it into a commercial enterprise. You've made it into a den of thieves. But really, I want my house to be called a house of prayer. Sometimes we'll go to church, we'll do a lot of other things, but we won't do as much praying as we'd ought to do. But my house shall be called a house of prayer. Then Jesus said this, pray that you won't fall into temptation. 
How many of you know that we have more temptations in the world than we've ever had? We, and, and the Lord says, what's the escape from the temptation? The escape is prayer. Pray that you won't enter into temptation. The temptations are going to be out there, but if you will pray in the Holy Spirit, God says this, you don't have to enter into those temptations. And then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Say it with me this morning. Always pray and not give up. In fact, the word of God puts it this way. Men ought always to pray or people ought always to pray and not give up. Keep on praying and don't give up. And then he shared the illustration of the, uh, the uh, persistent widow who went before the judge, the unjust judge, the persistent widow. Remember that story? So the persistent widow needed, she said, I need to be avenged for my adversaries. Please help me. But he would not help her at first, but because she kept coming back to him and kept on at it, and she kept coming back to him over and over and over again, he said, I really don't fear God, but this persistent widow has been coming to my door so often, I just want to get rid of her, so I'm going to give her what she asked for. But she got what she wanted because she was persistent in prayer. And I want to just say this morning, everyone, be persistent in prayer. Don't give up on prayer. Keep on asking, keep on knocking, keep on seeking God, and watch what God can do. Can I get a witness here this morning? So just a little bit of Jesus on prayer. And then you should know this about Jesus. Jesus modeled prayer. In fact, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and he prayed. He went to lonely places and prayed. And in other words, when he went to lonely places, he went to places where not a lot of people were around, but he himself was alone in those places that he prayed. Now, a lot of you here this morning, um, I want to just encourage you to find a solitary place where you can pray. Um, and for those of you that travel on the road, you're, Larry used to travel all the time on the road, outside of your hotel room or wherever it would be, just find a solitary place to pray. Jesus traveled a lot he was with his disciples he'd go cross country they'd walk for a while but man he would always find a way to break away and pray he found a, a place to get alone with God so Jesus often withdrew say, say it with me this morning he often he often withdrew to lonely places and then he prayed and then another uh, scripture in Luke says this Jesus came out and he went as was his custom to the Mount of Olives, and, and the disciples followed him, and there he prayed at the Mount of Olives. So Jesus went up, he came down from the upper room where he was at, and he went as was his custom. In other words, you knew that Jesus was a person of prayer because he prayed, right? And so he went as was his custom. Say it with me this morning, as was his custom. Now, we all have customs, do we not? Some of you have a custom of having a coffee and a banana bread every day. People go that, if they asked about you, you know, they'd go like, well, what would what, you say about them? He just likes to have his bowl, or he likes to have the, have the uh, you know, uh, coffee and a banana, and actually I'm prophesying to myself right now <laughs> as I think about that. Or, you know, uh, he likes to have his bowl of oatmeal in the morning or his bowl of, uh, uh, what's the other, frosted mini wheats in the morning. Whatever, that's his custom. His custom is to have a, you know, what is your custom? But make sure that as your custom is, 
that there's a custom of prayer. I've got a friend of mine that his custom is to read the Bible every morning. He'd have devotions early in the morning with a cup of coffee, read his Bible, have devotions, but that was his custom every day. But everyone, we need to have a word custom and we need to have a prayer custom. How many of you agree with that, amen? In other words, Jesus came out and he went as was his custom to the Mount of Olives. Someday when you go to the uh, Israel, when you go to the Holy Land, you'll have a chance to go to the Mount of Olives. And the Mount of Olives is a beautiful place right outside the gates of Jerusalem. And it goes up the side of a hill. And in this side of the hill, there's probably, I don't know, I suppose about 100 olive trees, ancient olive trees that go back. Some of them go back for centuries. But it's a beautiful spot. You go behind the gates and you go among those olive trees, nice and quiet and solitary. That's where Jesus liked to go when he was in Jerusalem. That was his place to go. I'm going to be, you'll find me at Gethsemane. And he went to pray. But that was his custom. So here's what I want you to see. We talked about Jesus having a, a time of prayer and that he modeled prayer and all of that. And, but here's what Jesus had in your notes, all right? First of all, Jesus had a priority of prayer. Say it with me this morning, a priority of prayer. And so it said, as was his custom. So he made prayer a priority. About 30 years ago, when I began to really pray, I've prayed all of my life ever since I was a little kid. Uh, I've prayed since I was, you know, I, uh, seven, eight, nine, grew up in church. Um, you know, prayed at church, prayed with teenagers, prayed with church families. Did I, so I really believe in prayer, but having my own prayer life, I'd say really started more in earnest about 30 years ago when I become a, became a pastor and I really had to buckle down and pray. I, I believed in prayer, but I didn't have a consistent prayer walk. But I went out to walk and pray one day and I realized that I was on my first prayer walk. That was about 30 years ago and I've been praying that way ever since. And so prayer is a priority. I have to have it every single day. The first thing that I do when I get up is this. I read the word of God, then I go out and pray. So to have a priority of prayer. And then, secondly here this morning, is to have a place of prayer. A place of prayer. Say it with me this morning, a place of prayer. And so to have, now Jesus, his go-to place was the Mount of Olives. But a lot of Jesus' ministry was in Capernaum. So if you go away from Jerusalem to Capernaum, and someday you'll go to Capernaum, but th there you'll be along the seashore, along the Sea of Galilee, but Jesus would have carved out his place to pray right where he's at. So to have a place of prayer. Now, let me just say this here this morning, everyone. You can have a place to pray right there in your house. You can have a place to pray right in your neighborhood as a prayer walk but carve out a place to pray. And it doesn't even have to be, it's not so much the time. Jesus talked about, could you not tarry for an hour? But don't make that a law. Just make sure that you're tearing with the Lord, that you're praying. And, and as part of your daily schedule, as part of your daily life, as part of your daily agenda, to be able to get out and walk and pray. Um, I go out and walk and pray in the mornings. I've done this now for about 30 years. I go out Monday through Saturday and pray every day. If I miss a morning, um, uh, which isn't very often, then I'll go in the afternoon or I, in the evening I'll go out and pray, but I, I just make sure that I spend time with God in prayer. I'll just say this. If you find a place to pray and a time to play, pray and make prayer a priority, things will begin to happen in your life that you can't even understand. God will do an end run around all of your efforts and add his blessing to what your plans are. He'll just say, when you make it a matter of prayer, things will begin to happen that you just can't understand. 
in, in terms of God's blessing, in terms of God's divine supply, in terms of God's presence in your life. Hallelujah. And then Jesus had not only a priority of prayer and a place of prayer, but he had a pattern of prayer. Say with me this morning, a pattern of prayer. And the pattern of prayer, the reason why Jesus had a pattern of prayer is because it gave him purpose in his prayers. Jesus doesn't want us to be praying aimlessly without a target. How many you know when you get in a car, if someone asks you where you're going, I don't know, but well, as soon as I get there, I'll know. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going to get around. Sometimes you do drive like that. I'm, I have no place to go. I'm just going to drive. And where I end up, that's okay. But that'd be called aimless kind of, you know, aimless kind of driving. And by the way, today you can't even afford to do that with $5 gas. Good grief. Where am I going? I'm going home. What'd you do today? I backed my car out to the driveway and I put it back in the garage. And that uh, cost me about $2 right there. That was good. Uh, but what I'm saying... <laughs> But what I'm saying is, you don't drive aimlessly, nor should you pray aimlessly. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And a lot of people say, man, I just don't know how to pray, but the Lord shows us how to pray. So he had a pattern of prayer, and that pattern of prayer gave him purpose in his prayers. So uh, Jesus taught uh, that prayer, uh, Jesus taught about prayer, and he modeled prayer, but he taught about it in his most noted sermon, which was the Sermon on the Mount, all right? Everyone say it with me this morning, the Sermon on the Mount. In the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, that's where it's at, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus was beginning his ministry, and he said, this is what the kingdom of God is going to look like. In other words, here we're getting ready. I'm going to show you how kingdom life looks like, and it's all in this sermon right here, the Sermon on the Mount. But in the Sermon on the Mount, he covered, I don't know, some 20 different subjects in that, in that message, but he did talk about prayer, and he talked about it pretty extensively. And he says this, and let's just go, if you would, this morning, because this will be the main thing I'm going to be talking about here. Go to Matthew chapter 6, all right, and verse 9, if you would. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. Would you turn there in your uh, PDAs or your smartphones or in your Bibles? Matthew chapter 6. And no, go to verse 5 actually. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 5. We'll start a little bit earlier. Hallelujah. How you doing out there? You doing good? All right. You're listening well today. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm watching you right now and hardly anyone is going to sleep at all. I'm really glad for that. Hallelujah. Because we're going to engage in prayer here in just a second. So I want to teach a little bit on prayer. Then I want to engage in prayer. So Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. This is where he picks up. He says this, when you pray, and by the way, he was talking about when you give, when you pray, when you fast. He talked about three things, and it was assumed that we do those three things. We give, how do we give? When we pray, how do we pray? When we fast, how do we fast? But this one, he's talking about prayer right now. He says, and when you pray, say with me this morning, and when you pray, okay, now... Track with me for one second. We're talking here this morning. Jesus is speaking here mostly to believers because in a second he's going to say, pray our Father in heaven. And so you can't have a Father in heaven unless you're a believer. In other words, we can become part of the family of God when we have a Father in heaven. So now he's speaking about believers right here. And he's teaching believers how to pray. He's teaching about the kingdom. This is all new. They've been brought up in a Jewish culture. Now he's bringing them up in a kingdom culture, all right? 
So when you pray, he says this, when you pray, say it with me everyone this morning, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites because they love to stand in the synagogues and on the street corners to be what? To be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. And when you're in Jerusalem, you'll see a lot of people standing and a lot of them, many of them are standing to be seen. And it's not like they're bowing before the Lord uh, or humbling their heart before it, but some of them are standing to be seen. And in Jewish culture, you'd pray maybe about four different times a day and you would stand, and a lot of them would stand in prominent parts of the court or prominent parts of the temple square, and they would stand and they wanted to be heard for their many words and so that they could garner a crowd, but they stood to be seen. And then Jesus said this, you've got your reward already because men have seen you, but God hasn't seen you, but men have seen you. So he says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. They love to pray standing in the synagogues. But he says this, but when you pray, say it with me this morning, when you pray. Now watch this again, second time. When you pray, say it with me this morning, when you pray. There's a presupposition that the people of God are going to be people of prayer. That's one of Jesus' goals for us and Jesus' vision for us that we would all be people of prayer. Can I get a witness? Not just platform prayer, but I'm talking about prayer in the pew, and I'm talking about prayer right here. It's all of us in prayer, that we are all people of prayer. It says, when you pray, it's just a foregone conclusion that we're going to pray. So he says this, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who's in, who's in secret, who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you openly. But pray in secret, getting alone with God. Now, when I go out to walk and pray, which I, I love to go out and walk and pray, most of the time, every now and then I'll go out and walk and pray with somebody just to kind of teach them to pray because they'll ask me, could you teach me to pray? Show me what you do when you pray and we'll just go take a prayer walk and I'll teach them to pray. But I, I walk mostly 99% of the time I'm alone and you're out there. And by the way, you need to be alone with God. If you are going to be together with people, you need to be alone with God. Find time alone to God. Pray, and it says, go into your room, close the door, and pray to the Father. There's an old song, and I don't know the lyrics of it, but there was an old song that said, shut in with God. So I want to just say that there's times in our lives, everyone, we need to be shut in with God every single day, somehow shut in with God. Even if it's only five minutes, you need to get shut in with God, and I call it God time. I need some God time. Can I get a witness, amen? I'm talking about God time. Because if, if you have no God time, then your spirit is going to be lacking. On the inside, you're not going to have that presence you need and that power that you need from God. So he says, when you go into your room, he says, close the door, uh, in other words, close away the distractions and pray to your Father who's on scene. Then your Father who sees what's done in secret will reward you openly. And then the next thing he says this in verse 7, and when you pray, say it with me this morning, when you pray, don't keep on babbling like the pagans do for they think that they'll be heard because of their many words. So, you know, they talk about the pagans babbling, but we also have Protestants that babble as well. 
and Catholics that babble as well. It's not only the pagans. In other words, they have, and, and by this, babbling means vain repetitions or empty phrases. Vain repetitions and empty phrases. He says, when you pray, don't keep on babbling. Well, a lot of people babble because they have no direction in their prayer. And, and Jesus says, don't be babbling like the pagan, pagans do. They think they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not, then he says this, do not be like them. Say it with me this morning, do not be like them. For your father knows what you need of even before he asks you, before you even ask him. Now, I've even seen people, I've, I've spoken on prayer so many times, and I've spoken on the Lord's Prayer. Um, say it with me this morning, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Say it with me, thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts our trespasses our sins as we forgive those who sin against us and lead us not into what temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen now that can be a rote prayer or that can be a real prayer you want it to be a real prayer and never a rote prayer but this is the prayer that the lord gave us to pray and it's not a vain repetition i've had some people come up and say it was a you know that's you know the lord's prayer is like a uh, you know, Protestant rosary, or that it's a vain repetition. I go, no, 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 you haven't read your Bible. Actually, the Bible says this. He says, uh, Jesus says this, for your father knows what you need before you ask him, but he says, this then, the next verse says this, he says, this then is how you should pray. And then he goes into the Lord's Prayer. So he says this, I don't want you to pray vain repetitions. This then is how you should pray. It's his prayer, the Lord's Prayer, is a... Uh, the opposite of vain repetitions. Nothing could be further from the truth that it's a vain repetition because Jesus taught the Lord's Prayer as a remedy against vain repetitions. He was saying, you're doing vain repetitions, but let me just show you how to pray the right way. And then he went right into the Lord's Prayer. Are you following me here this morning? So the Lord's Prayer, everyone, is a pattern prayer. It's a prayer that'll teach you, but it's a prayer that... It can never be done in a rote way. It has to be done in a real way. Is that making sense to you? Now, let me just look, look at you here this morning. I'll just tell you this. I've been praying this prayer for 30 years now, and I've prayed it thousands of times. But I can tell you, it's as real to me every time I pray it as it was when I began to start praying it because it's the prayer that the Lord taught us to pray, pray, but it also teaches you to pray. It gives you direction to pray, general direction that he gives you. He, he cover, it's a very, as the scholars will tell you, a very comprehensive prayer. I've, I've had message titles on this called the 360-degree prayer because it covers all of the areas of your life. It's very comprehensive, but how many of you want, when you buy insurance, how many of you want full coverage insurance? And how many of you, when you pray, you'd rather just have full coverage prayer than just a little piece of the prayer? You know what I'm saying? That's why Jesus said, no, you've been praying one way and you've been babbling a lot, but let me give you some direction and purpose in your prayers. And then he went into this prayer. Now we're at Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9, all right? Y'all tracking with me? This then is how you should pray. Now I would think that if Jesus was saying, this then is how you should pray, I would think that I'd kind of tune in right there. How about that? Can I get a witness, amen? amen. Okay, now, he, he says this. Uh, so he, he divides this prayer up, and it's divided into five parts. And, and the five parts are this. First of all, Jesus teaches us a prayer of worship, a prayer of worship. Say it with me this morning, worship. And then he says this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our, hallowed be your name. 
So say with me this morning, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So we're talking about hallowing the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And so it's a prayer of worship. So when I come into the presence of the Lord, I say, thank you, Lord God. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And today, Lord God, I just hallow your holy name. You are God. There is none beside you. I bless you today, Lord God. Hallelujah. And I hallow your holy name. The Jews had about seven names for God in in Jewish culture. But in the entirety of the Bible, I just saw a website the other day, and it had 950 names for God. 950 names for God. You can Google that later and it'll come up. And it was a Christian website. It wasn't a wacko website. It was a Christian website. From, from, from Genesis to Revelation, 950 names of God. All I'm trying to say is this morning is we serve a big God with a lot of characteristics. God is our healer. God is our provider. God is our peace. God is, God is all of these things to us. Hallelujah. And we say we hallow the name of God. It's the name above all names in the name of Jesus, but we hallow the name of God. I hallow your holy name. Hallelujah. Then, so that's a prayer of worship and worshiping God. How, how many believe that God just deserves to be worshiped? Amen. His ways are higher than our ways. Man, I'll tell you what, I don't have, I don't have hardly anything figured out anymore about what's going on in this world. It's so whack. It's so sideways. It's so filled with all kinds of stuff. You don't know what to believe. You don't know what to hold on to. So I'm going to hold on to God, the author and the finisher of my faith. His ways are higher than our ways. God doesn't have any problem with recessions. He's bigger than any recession. He's bigger than any depression. He's bigger than any illness you might have. He's bigger than any problem you have. He's our healer, our provider, Jehovah Jireh, all of that. Hallelujah. Hearing what I'm saying? We serve a big God. So little me, I come before a big God every time that I come. Thank you, Lord God. I come boldly to the throne of grace. You know, heaven is his throne, the earth is his footstool. But yet that big God that's where heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool, he's that big, yet he's small enough to live within my heart. In the name of Jesus. And that just makes me want to worship him. Just to bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is with me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. You know, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases, who crowns you with loving kindness, who redeems your life from the pit, who causes you to mount up with wings as eagles, to run and not be weary, to walk and not faint. Hallelujah. So all of those attributes and benefits of God, you know, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Well, the reason why we do that is when we pray, man, you all of a sudden get a glimpse of who God is. And then it's just easy to worship God. I mean, it's just, just from that truth coming your way this morning, what did it cause you to do? It caused you to well up in praise. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And the second prayer is a prayer of obedience. It is a prayer of obedience. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, God, today I want to walk in obedience. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, uh, how many of you want to obey the Lord? I think we all do, amen? Let me just say this is the more obedient you are, the more blessed you will be. Can I say that again today? The more obedient you are, the more blessed you will be. 
Thank you, Lord God. How many of you want to walk in obedience? Amen? So when we talk about obedience, he prays this way, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, he's saying, Lord, not my way today, but your way today. How many of you know we can live a life in two different ways? We can live in the temporal or we can live in the eternal. We can live my way or God's way. How many of you know that I want to live God's way? How many of you say, I want to live God's way? How many of you have ever tried my way and it's not that great? Hearing what I'm saying? How many of you ever gotten it wrong? God, I just wish I'd have done it your way in the first place. But I want your kingdom to come and your will to be done. You've heard me teach on this before. I think I've taught on this three times this year, but it's urgent to me right now. And I'll show you in just a little bit why it is. But it's when we pray your kingdom come and your will to be done, we're saying, God, we live right now in the kingdom of this world. We live in this world, but we are not of this world. We're part of the kingdom of God. And Jesus was saying, I want you to learn how to live in my kingdom, not the kingdom of this world. My kingdom. Your kingdom come alive. Not the kingdom of this world, but your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when we pray that, we're saying, Lord, your will and your way. Say it with me this morning. Your will and your way. And you can write that down. Your purpose and your plan. Say it with me. Your purpose and your plan. Your rule and your reign. Your rule and your reign. So that's all of these ideas here. Not my will, Lord, but yours be done. Not my purpose, Lord, but your purpose and your plan in my life. Not my rule, Lord God, but your rule and your reign in my life. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. All the things that just get us all stopped up and all bound up and all the things that are going on right now. Man, I just kind of, the, the other, just, I just a, Within the last few hours, I just, I'm just going to let go and let God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. I don't have to handle all of this. God, you're handling it already. In other words, I'm going to let go, not my will, Lord God, but your will be done in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The third thing that he taught us to pray was this. It's a prayer of provision, a prayer of provision, all right? So we say this, give us this day our daily bread. So I want you to think, right beside the word provision, write also dependence, all right? Dependence on God. A prayer of provision, but a prayer of dependence on God. How many of you have ever seen a little bird in the nest and they got their mouth wide open, you know, waiting for the worm or waiting for the food, whatever it might be, but they're dependent on their uh, earthly parent, uh, as in a robin or whatever, kind of eagle or whatever. But in other words, that little thing is like just kind of, just waiting, they're completely dependent on their parent. And let me just say here this morning, everyone, we are completely dependent on God. Hallelujah, amen. For our necessary food, for what we really need in life, God, give us this day our daily bread. Praise God. So it's a prayer of provision, but it's a daily bread. Say it with me this morning, daily. Because, how you know, you're gonna need, you need something today, but you're gonna need something tomorrow. And this is really a picture of Israel in the wilderness for those 40 years. God fed them manna from on high, and, and, and he gave them quail and manna. He fed them every single day. And I want to just tell you this. God has a pattern of taking care of his people every single day. They had food, water. They had clothing. In fact, their clothing didn't even wear out. How many of you like to have that kind of clothing, you know? Never wears out, except to be getting kind of tired after a while, all you that have all these pairs of shoes. And I'm again prophesying to myself because I have a dozen pair of shoes at home, you know, that I just like shoes, you know. But anyway, but what I'm saying is God will provide for you. Prayer of provision. 
So thank you, Lord God, that you're providing for me. Thank you, Lord God, for food, shelter, and clothing. It says, give us this day our daily bread, but bread is really a metaphor for all of the things that we need in our life. How many are glad today, everyone, for food, shelter, and clothing? Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. How many are glad today, Lord God, that your, that your bills are being paid? Hallelujah. How many are glad right now that God is getting you out of debt in the name of Jesus? Hallelujah. And so it's not, it's not he, he says, I'm, I'm going to provide you with these things. But we ask as well. We say, God, I just pray right now for food, shelter, and clothing. Some of you right here, you're entrepreneurs, all right? It's not like you're going to a job that gives you a steady paycheck. Your life is more fluid. And I want to just say to you, just keep God first uh, all the time in, in your giving and to keep him first also in your, when you're praying. Say, God, I just depend on you today for my daily bread. Thank you, Lord God. I don't know what door is going to open, but I know you're going to open a door. And God, help me to be sensitive to your spirit, Lord God. Let me be led by your will and let me be led by your spirit. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. You hearing what I'm saying? So God will provide for you, but for those of you, man, I used to work on commission. I never knew what was going to come. I got paid when I was in college a, 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 a small amount for an hourly wage that you could not live on. It was $3 and some cents an hour, but then I made commission off of the things that I sold. I worked for Sears Roebuck and Company. Uh, you can't, uh, what's the uh, satisfaction guaranteed or your money back at Sears Roebuck and Company? And then I would sell, I would sell whatever they gave me to sell. And I know you're going to laugh, but I sold vacuum cleaners and sewing machines when I was in college. Vacuum cleaners and sewing machines. We called them dirt suckers. And, 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 and sewing machines. What? Me sell a sewing machine? I didn't know anything about a sewing machine. But man, you put one in front of me and I could make you buy a Sears and Roebuck. Good, better, and best. You'd be up to the best one right there. And, and all of that kind of stuff. And then I began to sell TV sets and VCRs and, and, and things like that. Back in the good old days when a VCR player only cost $2,000. Back in the mid-70s, am I telling it, Larry? And a, and, a, and a Texas Instruments calculator would cost $200 for one that you could buy for $2 now. It was $200 and they would fly off the shelf. They'd only do add, subtract, and uh, uh, Dubai, that was it. Nothing past that. But boy, you had the cool LED screen with a 9-volt battery in there, and you were going to town. What does this have to do with anything I'm talking about right now? <laughs> Prayer of provision. God will provide for you. Oh, no, I, oh, no here's what I was saying. I was selling. I was selling, but then I would be praying, God... I'm, I'm tithing, I'm giving to the Lord. Man, I'll tell you what, God would turn what I gave to him and come back and I'd have a big sale that day or I would make more in a Sunday afternoon than most people were making in a week. You know, I'm talking about just by God was with you. So the, those of you that are entrepreneurs and, and are more on a fluid kind of a life, make sure that you're partnering with God because God is the best business partner you could ever have. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Steve, right there, I'm just, where's Stephen at back there? Stephen, on your Mr. Pops, man, God will make that business pop. I'm telling you what, he will make that business pop, just like he has. But you know how it's been, Steve. You have to, you, you go through the, the, the mountaintop times and you go into COVID season when the crowds aren't there, the arenas are not full, but you still depend on God and God gives you divine ideas, God gives you divine supplies. Somehow he does it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, prayer provision number four. 
is a prayer of forgiveness. And Jesus said this, forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. Um, Forgive us our own debts. Forgive us our own sins. Think of debts and trespasses as sins that had a cost. In other words, if you sin, you have to pay a penalty, usually to the government, usually by doing time or usually by paying a fine. But he says, forgive us this. How many of you know that on the cross, Jesus paid every fine that we ever had? Hallelujah. So he says, since we've been forgiven... In other words, Jesus paid a debt we, we could not pay, that, we, that he did not owe. You know, I owed a debt that I could not pay, but he's the one that paid for it. So forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Everyone, somewhere, somewhere along the line, you are going to be offended. Somewhere on the line, along the line of life, you are going to be hurt. And somewhere in the line, is, your situation is not going to be reconcilable. And yet you need to forgive. And it's called letting go and letting God. Say, God, you know what? That person should just be toast, but I'm not going to toast him. I'm going to just release him in the name of Jesus. If there's any vengeance to be had, says the vengeance comes from God and God will repay. And just rest in that. But don't pray for that vengeance. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people say, I know vengeance belongs to the Lord. And Lord, I pray that you will just totally stomp that person out. Uh, You don't even need to pray that way. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In other words, we walk in what R.T. Kendall, the, the uh, great theologian and the pastor at Westminster Chapel, he called total forgiveness. It's just walking in total forgiveness. So uh, a prayer of forgiveness, forgive us, Lord, my sins as we forgive the sins of others. Now, you should know this. At the end of this prayer, Jesus only talks about one subject and he puts a P.S. on the prayer. And the P.S. is that you, n- you need to forgive If you're going to be forgiven yourself, it's the only part of the prayer that he doubles up on. You get to the end of the prayer, and I'll just move you there right now. I just put it there. In verse 14, Matthew 6, 14, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. How many of you want to be forgiven, right? So then you have to forgive yourself. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. If you don't forgive them, you won't be forgiven. I want, I want to ask you a question this morning. How many of you <clears throat> want to be forgiven? Amen. If you want to be forgiven, I want to be forgiven. We need forgiveness. Then we must walk in forgiveness and give it away as well. So, and God says, if you'll do this, then I'll forgive you. Now back to the last part of the prayer is this, is a prayer of deliverance. And it goes this way. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one. Now, temptation not only has to do with the temptations that you are thinking of, uh, classical temptations like uh, whatever they might be, what we would deem temptations, but also has to do with tests in our lives. Because the devil will test us sometimes. and We'll go through a test. And the word of God says this. Don't let me fall prey to temptation or test, but let me be delivered from the evil one. So uh, God wants us to be delivered from the devil. So deliver me from the evil one. Say that with me this morning. Lead me not to temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. And then he'll deliver you. Um, How many of you ever had God deliver you from the evil one? Amen. He's helped deliver you. Raise your hand if you've had it. Come on now. Amen. How many of you have made the right decision, right? And, and And it just felt like the good thing. How many of you have turned away from lust and, and you said, no, I'm not going to lust, I'm going to trust in the Lord, but I'm going to turn away from that. 
And, 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 and how many of you turned away from maybe some kind of a substance or some kind of thing? No, God help me to not go to the bottle, not go to the weed, not to go to the pill or whatever that. And he said, no, but I, he gave me the strength to resist it and go kind of wave at me, amen? And that's how he's working in all of our lives. Praise God to deliver us from the hand of the enemy. Praise God. God is for you. He's not against you. And he wants to deliver you from the hand of the enemy every time. There's this mix in our life of volition, in other words, and there's this mix of God. In other words, you have your own volition. You're the one that gets to make the choice. But if you say, God, here's the choice that I'm going to make. I'm going to make the choice to stick with you, to stick with your spirit, and he'll deliver you from the hand of the enemy. Now, if you say, I'm going to make the choice to do it myself, I'm going to do it my way, God's been an option out there, but it's not one I'm going to take, you're going to fall smack on your face. But he, if you fall, by the way, God has so much mercy, if you fall, he's going to help lift you up again. Isn't that good about God? He's not going to just leave you back there, he's going to lift you up again. But he doesn't want you to get there in the first place. Deliver me from the evil one. Uh, The apostle Paul said this, he said, uh, he, he wrote down, no temptation has overtaken you except as what is common to mankind. In other words, what you're going through is not uncommon, but God is faithful. Say with me this morning, God is faithful. He'll not allow you to be tempted what you can, beyond what you can bear, but with every temptation, he'll provide a way out so that you can escape it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Back in the, back when I was a kid, we used to have a, a comedian on TV. His name was Flip Wilson. And, uh, you also had Red Fox. The devil made Red Fox do a lot of things. But, but Flip Wilson, he'd always say, the devil made me do it. The devil made me do it. Whatever he did wrong, he said, the devil made me do it. Um, but I'm just telling you here, um, when you say, God, you know, deliver me from temptation, in, in, what I was trying to say here is sometimes the devil didn't make us do it. We did it ourselves. The devil didn't even need any help at all. You, you didn't need the devil's help at all. You did it yourself. You're drawn away by your own lust, by your own enticement. But God says this, I'll deliver you from temptation if you'll make that a prayer. God, don't let me be, you know, enter into temptation, but deliver me from evil. This is a prayer of deliverance. Say it with me this morning, deliverance. I used to think that this was a prayer of overcoming temptation. No, it isn't. It's a prayer of being delivered from the evil one before it even happens. It's a prayer of deliverance. He says, lead me not to temptation. Look at the verse, but what? Deliver us from the evil one. So the operative powerful word here is the deliverance from the evil one in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Say, everybody. Pastor Bray, sometimes you're like, Pastor Bray, I've heard you preach on this before, but you're not getting it. So you go like, if I get excited about this, I'm telling you, I've preached on this many times. Yes, it's not because I'm looking for a standby sermon or anything. This is my life. This is what I do every single day, everybody. And I'm just saying, if I I feel like it's just kind of glancing off, then I'll come back to it. I'm talking about in this juncture in our our life. And I've preached this, but the Lord gave me a new revelation uh, about this prayer just a few weeks ago when I was teaching on it at a college. And, and then the Holy Spirit just showed me this, and it was so elementary and so obvious that I should have seen it all along, but I didn't quite see it the way... It needs to be part of this message every time, and so get ready for it, because I called this message this morning, 
The secret to more powerful prayer, all right? The secret to more powerful prayer. This, now, here it is, right? Get ready. It'll just be very elementary, but very profound, too, is this. The secret to more powerful prayer is not in knowing about prayer, but in praying. Amen. Are you hearing this? In other words, there's a lot of people that go, I know about that prayer, I know about the Lord's Prayer, but they're not praying it. The secret to power, the secret to presence, the secret to success in your life is to pray the prayer, not just talk about praying the prayer. We do a lot of talking about. We point you to the right direction, but we're not actually following through. So listen to this. I've been blessed by praying the Lord's Prayer for more than 30 years, but the blessing is not in knowing this prayer. The blessing is in praying this prayer. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I've heard people talk about the... Uh, the Lord's Prayer, ever since I was a little kid. But it, I found that the blessing isn't just knowing this prayer, the blessing is in praying this prayer. So three things are essential in, in um, living a victorious Christian life, right? And you're going to guess them before I give them to you, but three things that are essential in living a victorious Christian life. First of all, prayer. Everyone say it with me this, with prayer, amen. How many of you would agree with that, right? right? And then the second one is doing the word, I had preaching the word down. I wrote it down. The Holy Spirit said, no, that's not it. It's the doing of the word. And being in fellowship with one another. Those are three components, and there's more, but I want to give you three primary ones here this morning. Praying, doing the word of God, and being in fellowship one, with one another. So let's just talk for just a second. Are you still with me? Are you still tracking? Okay. Um, is this the secret of being blessed by the word of God let's just stop at the word of God for just one second the secret of being blessed by the word of God is not in hearing the word of God but by doing the word of God how many believe that that's true right uh, there's a lot of prescriptions that the doctors have but if you don't take the prescription it does you no good if it's sitting on the shelf it's a prescription he knows about it you got the knowledge but you haven't partaken of anything it's going to be therapeutic to you so you have to partake of the word of God. You've got to do the word of God. In fact, James said this. James, the brother of Jesus, said this. Don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. And a lot of us here on Sunday mornings, we listen to the word week after week and year after year, but we are living in deception because we don't do the word. We are dead in the head, dead in the body, dead in the spirit. Why? Not, it's because we have knowledge, but we're not doing anything with the knowledge. It's like Keith Green said many years ago, how can you be so dead when you've been so well fed? We're so well fed, but we're not doing the word. And it's in the doing of the word that the blessing comes. James says this, do what it says. Everyone say it with me this morning, do what it says. So, and then he says, whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, in other words, this consistency in the word, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they'll be blessed in what they what? What they do. So if we continue in the word, we'll be blessed in what we do. Can I get a witness hallelujah this morning? Is it, you're not blessed in just what you hear. Hearing's just the first part. Don't be hearers of the word, but be doers only. But he says, if all you are is a hearer, you're deceiving yourself. And I'm, I'm just I'm putting it flat out on you. Sometimes we can go into going through all the forums on Sunday morning, wonder watching. I'm walking in, I'm walking out, but there's a deadness in my spirit because the reason why we have deadness is because there's not enough doing. I heard about prayer, but I didn't pray. I heard about the word, but I didn't do the word. No wonder we're dead. Aren't you glad you came to this user-friendly church this morning? 
Hallelujah. Pastor beat up on me today. He's beating up on you to try to save your soul and get you woke up. In the name of you, get me all woke up. I'm preaching to me just as much as I'm preaching to you. It's revelation to me before it gets to be revelation to you. In other words, man, that's right. I better get on the stick, Lord God. Hallelujah. We do way more exercising the bodies than we do exercising the soul today. That got a nice medium amen. <laughs> Take a look. at So we talked about prayer, essential, word, fellowship. I mean, the word, doing the word is essential. And then fellowship with one another, especially in this pandemic thing. Everybody, we've got to really factor in the value of fellowship. And I'm talking about one-on-one -on -one fellowship. I'm not even talking about digital fellowship. I am so glad for digital fellowship because right now I'm communicating with so many that are watching right now online, but I'm going to just go out there this morning and say it. You can't just stay online. You've got to get in line at a church building somewhere. And, 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 and the reason, Pastor Perry, if you keep preaching this strong, you're, you're going to lose your... I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to hold on to any kind of job. I'm trying to hold on to God. I'm just saying this. We, we go like, well, Pastor Perry, I can't, I'm I just not ready to come back to church yet, but you're ready to come back to Costco. You're ready to come back to Walmart. You're ready to come back to the Kings game. You're ready to come back to the restaurant. Come on. And you don't have God with you at most of those places unless you've asked him, you know, show him the, you know, when you walk into Costco, I got God with me. You hear what I'm saying. At least you got God. You're in the presence of God in a church. I'd say your odds are better being here than they are being at Walmart. That's all. And I love Walmart. You know me. I love those pajamas that everyone wears. Amen. And I love Costco. You know, I love buying more food than I really need in bulk quantities. Who needs a, you know, double-sided box of cereal? but for two people. But I bought one the other day and lasted us for four months, I'm telling you. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> the sermon. <laughs> the sermon at the next service is not going to be this good. Just, just get this one. Just get this one right here. This one's not, it's not going to get any better than this one. Um, okay, so we, talk about, we talked about uh, prayer, doing the word, and then fellowshipping with one another. But the secret to fellowship is fellowshipping. So the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 25, let us not give up meeting together. It said, let us not give up meeting together. And we can't do that in a Zoom format. And we'll always have... Um, Live streaming going on to all of my live streaming friends. Love y'all. But please, kind of break away from the house one day. Get right here in the house of God. You can sit in the corner. You can do whatever you want to do. But get here. Get, in other words, break out of that holding up there at the house. And get to the house of God. I mean, honestly, get to the house of God. Because the atmosphere is different here. And, 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 and the atmosphere is different than in your house. Just get here. Hallelujah. All right. Uh, so... So the, the secret of fellowship is fellowshipping. And, and the Bible says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Boy, does that mean more now than it ever did. Let us not give up meeting together because some are in the habit of doing. Some people have checked out of church. 
They're called the Dunners. We're done. But I'm talking about, are you done with your family too? Because this is the family of God. I'm not checking out of my family. Why would you check out of the church? This is the family of God. Yeah, well, there's a bunch of hypocrites over there. Yeah, stand in line and join them. I'll be right there with you. We're a bunch of imperfect people following a perfect Savior who's working out his perfection in our lives. God has begun a good work in you. He's going to see it through to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. But we have to be in this together. I'm talking about flesh to flesh. I'm talking about not just a digital experience, but a real humanity experience. I'm talking about people experience. Hallelujah. Wear your mask. Don't wear your mask, but get a hold of God and get together with God. Hallelujah. Okay. So he says this. Don't, don't stop meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another daily, and such the more as you see the day approaching. We're much closer to the imminent return of Jesus Christ than we ever have been. When is Jesus coming back? I don't know. Only the Father knows, and he'll share that with the Son, and the trumpet will blow, but I'm telling you, we're closer than we've ever been. And we better be, we better be living like we're ready, even so, Lord Jesus, come. Thank you, Lord God. Man, I'll tell you what, this world is so whack right now, I'd just as soon be in heaven. Can I get away to say amen? And a lot of young people say, well, I, do, I want to get there too. Not so soon, but I want to get there. But I hear what you're saying. What I'm saying is, be, you, you hear me. Now, so what is true of the word and fellowship is also true of prayer. We're talking about prayer this morning. The blessing is in doing. That's the secret. What is the secret to more powerful prayer? The secret to more powerful prayer is not in knowing about prayer, but in doing the prayer. So in other words, let me just say this this morning. How does one become a man of prayer or a woman of prayer? You, you do it by praying. The truth is we do more talking about prayer than praying when what we ought to be doing is more praying than talking. So the secret to more powerful prayer is praying in secret. The getting alone with God. Let me say that again. The secret to more powerful prayer is praying in secret. In other words, getting alone with God, or as Leonard Ravenhill, the great revivalist, said this. He's an evangelist and an author, but he said this. The secret of prayer is praying in secret. Finding God. Man, when I walk and pray, and I pray for you every day, everyone, I pray for you every single day, every single night, but I get in secret alone with God. I'm out there alone, me and myself, and, you know, and, and I'm out there alone, and, but I'm praying in secret and getting alone with God. That's where revelation comes in. That's where inspiration comes in. That's where the presence of God comes in. I mean, it'll change your ordinary, dull life into something more spiritual like, oh, praise God. God is alive. All right. So here's what the Apostle Paul wrote about prayer. He says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. Say with me this morning, always keep on praying for the Lord's people in the name of Jesus. Okay, I'm, 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 I'm done speaking right now. If you receive what we received this morning, would you give the Lord a great hand clap of praise? Amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord Jesus. <clears throat> okay, you've been, you've, been, you've been sitting for a long enough time. I, I was just going to have you keep sitting. But you can do either one that you want. I'll, I'll invite you to stand or you can sit. It's just whatever makes you comfort, comfortable because I want to just pray for a moment this morning. Hallelujah. Broke my own rule. Talk more about prayer than praying. But help me with this, okay? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Say with me this morning, our Father in heaven, I hallow your holy name. 
Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Just go ahead and just lift up your hands in a comfortable way, and let's just begin to hallow the name of the Lord God. We sanctify the name of the Lord. We set apart the name of the Lord. God, we hallow you right now. Just as King Uzziah said when he said, I saw the Lord, and he was high and lifted up, and and you could hear the angels singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. God, I just pray right now that that... If the whole earth is full of your glory, let our lives be full of your glory, Lord God, because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God, let our lives be filled with you, Lord God. I prayed in your holy name, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah, we hallow your holy name today, Lord God. By the way, when you pray the Lord's Prayer, the first three parts of it are directed to God. The next three parts are directed to you. In other words, your needs. But it's always starting out with God's, with God first. Amen. So, Lord, we just hallow your holy name. We come into your presence. And in your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everyone this morning, not as a repeat, but as a a real statement to the Lord, just, just say to the Lord this morning, Lord God, I hallow your name today. I hallow your name today. Thank you, Lord God. And I bless you, Lord God. Say this with me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Then remember all of the benefits of the Lord for your healing, Lord God, for your salvation, for your redemption, all those things that you've done for us, Lord God. We hallow your holy name. And then we go into the next part of the prayer, and it says, your kingdom come, your will be done. Say that with me this morning. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I want you to just say this this morning, and just let it not, let it not be rote, but let it be real, but just say, Lord God, I want your kingdom to come and your will to be done in my life. Your will, and, and, and not my will, Lord God, but your will be done. I pray in your holy name, in the name of Jesus. Let your will be done in my life. Let your will be done in my household, Lord God. Let your will be done in my children. Let your will be done in this city. Let this, your will be done in this state. Let your will be done in our nation, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, and in the world, Lord God, let your will be done. Let us not push back on your will, Lord God, but let us receive your will for our lives. Your rule in our lives, Lord, your reign in our lives, your purpose and your plan. So Jesus said this, you know, Lord, you could take this all away from me when he's going to the cross. He says, this cup of pain that I'm getting ready to receive, I'm going to the cross, I'm going to shed my blood. But nevertheless, he said, nevertheless, not my will be done, but yours be done. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Say that with me this morning. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So we're saying, God, we hallow you. Lord, we ask you right now that your will would be done in our lives. Hallelujah. Then we say, give us this day our daily bread. Say it with me this morning. Give us this day our daily bread. And two things are coming into play right here. First of all, we're saying, God, I, I, I just thank you right in advance for giving us this day our daily bread, our food, shelter, and clothing. But we're also saying, God, I depend on you. My dependence is on you. God, I depend on you, Lord God. You're the source of my supply, but Lord, you're the one that I depend on. Hallelujah. How many of you know if you've got a job, the job came from the Lord, right? How many of you've got income, it came from the Lord? Whatever you might have, it came from the Lord. You might say, well, I've got it because of my own intelligence and my own smarts and my own... No, no, your knowledge came from the Lord. Your ability to get wealth came from the Lord. Whoever you are that gives you that kind of talent, your talent came from the Lord. 
So keep on giving glory to the Lord. Say, God, thank you, Lord God. Give us this day our daily bread. Hallelujah. 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 And then forgive us our debts. Say it with me this morning. Forgive us our debts as we forgive. Uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. But I want to just put it this way in simpler terms. Say it with me. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. And just say today, just say with me, I'm going to let go and I'm going to let God. Hallelujah. 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 Watch this, everyone. To forgive is to set a prisoner free and to realize that the prisoner was me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? To forgive is to set a prisoner free and to realize that the prisoner was me. And so the more that you walk in forgiveness and just kind of let it go, I'll tell you what, then you begin to walk in a new level of freedom that you never had before. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Lord, let me walk. In, I need to be forgiven, Lord God. I even pray this way, everyone. I pray this way. God, help me to forgive. I pray, Lord God, that the people that I've offended unknowingly, will, 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 that I've unknowingly offended, Lord God, will, 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 will forgive me, Lord. I need their forgiveness, Lord, and I forgive anyone who's offended me, Lord God. I just release them to you right now. But in my walk and in my talk and being, you know, God, I'm sure that there's someone I've, been, I've offended without even knowing it. God, I just pray that they'll forgive me. And Lord, I pray. So in other words, we walk in forgiveness and we receive forgiveness from the Lord. The minute we just keep forgiveness for ourselves but don't give it to anyone else, that's where things shut down in the prayer realm. So in the name of Jesus, so Lord, let us walk in forgiveness. Hallelujah. Say it again with me well, the way the Lord taught us. He just said, forgive us our debts. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Hallelujah. And then he said this, if you'll do this, I'll forgive you. If you won't do this, I can't forgive you. But we want to be forgiven, so we have to walk in forgiveness. Hallelujah. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. All these temptations we have right now. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. Now, temptations have to do with these classic temptations that we have and also the tests of life that we're going through that, that, that will be delivered from the evil one. Just as Job was delivered from the devil finally, but the devil was putting him through a test that God at that time approved him being tested by him, but he passed the test. So, Lord, I just pray right now, Lord God, that you let us pass the tests of life, and God, that you would deliver us from temptations of all kinds, and we pray it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. We bless you today, Lord God. We bless you today, Lord God. Hallelujah. Now, at the end of this prayer... Um, it's, it's not in all of the early manuscripts and so you don't find it in your NIV or your NLT but you'll find it in the King James Version New King James Version it says for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever uh, even if it isn't there it's a valid prayer to pray it's still a valid prayer to pray whether it got there by accident or not it's all it's saying is for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever how many think that sounds like a good prayer amen so the theologians are saying this the theologians are saying don't dismiss that out of hand because if you look at that part of the prayer that's a, that's a prayer that you could easily pray because it's all true Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So we end, it, end the prayer that way in the name of Jesus. But the first five parts, uh, are, are, are we just prayed through right now over our lives. And then we give God the glory at the end. Say, say with me, for, for yours is the kingdom and the power 
and the glory forever. I give you praise today in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Just stop before we applaud at the end here this, mo- this morning. If you're here without Christ, don't walk out of this building without Christ. Just receive him right now. And you can receive him by just inviting him into your heart, inviting him into your life. He'll change everything. Just pray this prayer with me in church family if you'll pray along. Just say, Lord Jesus, right now I invite you into my life, into my heart. Have your way in my heart, Lord God. I pray it in your holy name, in the mighty name of Jesus. Have your way, Lord God. I give myself to you, and I ask you to live in me. Let me be part of God's family, in the name of Jesus. Say with me right now, with my mouth, I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So, Lord Jesus, I believe on you now. And I receive you as my Savior and my Lord. And I pray in your holy name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord God. Now, if you prayed that prayer, we welcome you to the family of God. Um, uh, and and, and, and we, I'm so glad. Write down this date. Uh, this is November 14th. Just write that down. I received Christ as my Lord and Savior. He's living in my heart right now. I'm part of the family of God. My name's written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. It's a good day for me. Praise God. Let's give all of those online and on campus that prayed that just a, a welcome. In the name of Jesus. And then... Let us know, let us know what, uh, let us know uh, uh, about your decision on the back of an orange card or on, online says, I said yes. But uh, just let us know. So there's a little orange card here on campus on the back side. I received Christ as my Savior. I rededicated my life to Christ. Or online, you can just say, I came to Jesus today. I said yes. And just let us know of your decisions so that we can stay in contact with you and encourage you as well. But welcome to the family of God. And here's how I want to end this prayer. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Just say that to the Lord right now. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Thank you, Lord God. Now give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Would you do that, amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Uh, say with me, God has called us all to be people of prayer. Do you believe that? Say aloud, amen, amen. Amen. Then make it personal and say it with me this way. God has called me to be a person of prayer. See, sometimes we get lost in the people thing when God is saying, no, I want you to be a person of prayer. You are the temple of God. His Holy Spirit lives within you. Be a person of prayer. And, and, and don't, we're not going to just talk about prayer, but we're going to do the praying. We're not just going to read the word. We're going to have the doers of the word. And we're not just going to talk about fellowship. We are going to fellowship. And so uh, online, on campus, and on campus, come on in and check it out. Even if you're just coming once in a while. Come once in a while. It'll prime the pump. And so we bless you. We love you so much. All right, let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you right now for this time together. This has been a great service this morning. Thank you, Lord God, for your wonderful people that have heard your words so gladly. God, I just pray a blessing over them, a blessing over them. And God, I pray for your provision in their life. In the mighty name of Jesus, hallelujah. I want to prophesy right now, God is going to get you through what you're going through right now with the extra pressures of life, with the extra expenses of life, with the extra unknowns of life. God is going to help you rise above that fray and he's going to see you through. I'm telling you right now, on his authority right now, God is going to see you through. If you believe that and you receive that, say loud amen, amen. You're feeling that bearing down on you, but God, your Savior, God, your supplier, God, your healer is going to see you through. 
in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to encourage you with that right now. So be blessed in the mighty name of Jesus. Be blessed in the name of the Lord. Walk out of this place walking in the Lord's blessing in the name of Jesus. And all of God's people said aloud, amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you so much. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless. Thank you.